Hello and welcome back, baseball fans, to This Week in Baseball. I think this is episode 14. I already forgot. But uh, it's an episode. And we have some familiar faces back on uh, this week. Uh, we have Joseph, Jenny, and Tavia here today. How are y'all doing just today? Super hot in California. That is unfortunate. It's getting better, but we've been roasting for the past two weeks. That's tough. That's not yeah, because I know. Um, I mean, I haven't lived in California for years, but I can't say I missed the weather. So, oh, I miss the weather, and I live here, so you know, <laughs> not what it used to be. Uh, that's also true. Um. Anyway, but enough about a weather. We have baseball to talk about, and so yeah, as always, as uh, we will talk about, uh, we'll go over the standings. Uh, we'll jump to our seventh inning stretch and. That's what that's what the show is. So we'll just get right into it. So uh, the divisional standings, and we'll do wildcard standings as well. As of the recording of this episode, we have the Dodgers in first place in the National League West. What's new? Uh, we have the New York Mets leading the East, at least by one and a half games over the Atlanta Braves. We have the St. Louis Cardinals uh, leading the NL Central by eight games. And then the wild card race in the National League, you have Atlanta, Philadelphia, and San Diego as your one, two, three seeds in the wild card, with Milwaukee two games back of San Diego for that third wild card spot. And uh, Atlanta's kind of comfortably in first. Uh, they're 10 and a half games up on the wild card. Uh, but uh, Philly and San Diego are within two games of each other. So uh, the second wild card and the fourth spot are within four games. So it's. Really coming down to the wire for those kind of last couple of spots, what it looks like. So we'll talk about that a little bit later here. But it should be a fun, exciting finish. And then over in the American League, in the AL East, you have the New York Yankees, uh, whose uh, divisional lead has shrunk to five and a half games uh, over the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Toronto is also just six games back from New York. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. The American League Central, you have the Cleveland Guardians, two and a half games up on the Chicago White Sox, which no one had had at the beginning of the season picked out. Uh, and then you have out west, you have the Houston Astros, 11 games up on the <laughs> the Mariners. Uh, but luckily for the Mariners, they are uh, looking good for a wild card spot as uh, they're in the second, uh, second seed for the wild card. I guess they're tied for first with Tampa. They're both uh, right there uh, up on Toronto, who has the third wild card spot, and then five and a half back of that last spot, that third spot, is the Baltimore Orioles, who are still the f- most fun team in baseball, or one of them. The biggest, One of the biggest surprises thus far. The most likable team in baseball right now. That's true, yeah. If it's not them, it's certainly the, the Mariners, I'd say. But those are two of the most likable teams in baseball. I'm just excited because the Padres and the Mariners are playing each other this week, I believe. And uh, those teams are in very similar positions of must win to maintain. Uh, yeah. It's a two, it's a two game series. Uh, both teams can't, they can split the series. That's about all they can do, but you know, both, both teams need those wins to stay in the position that they're in. So uh, okay. they're also both very flashy teams. Like there's a lot of, 
um, in a good way. I think they're fun and exciting, like, but there's a lot of attitude there and they don't see each other very often. So it'll be really interesting to see if like tempers flare or if like game respect game, you never know. Like, uh, so it'll be, I think that series is probably the most interesting interleague series that has come up this season because both of those games really matter to both of those teams. Yeah, in a position for sure where it really matters, and both teams are good. Just they're flat out good baseball teams. So, a lot of fun awesome. Padres on the Mariners too. What? Sorry. A lot of former Mariners. For, I think I have that backwards. A lot of former Padres on the Mariners. <clears throat> you know, yes. Andres, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Ty France. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Taylor Trammell. There's a lot of former Mariners everywhere in baseball with DePoto trading anyone at, at any time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's should be really, really good. Really, really fun. Um, I just, I, I just really like Seattle, like straight up. I love watching the Mariners because it seems like just about every time, every game they have some sort of like big, like, you know, clippable moment that happens. Like was it yesterday with the coming back from tune down or one, there was one down going into the, bottom of the ninth and then you had a Julio home run and the Suarez home run to walk it off. And it's just, they're just flat out fun, entertaining. And yeah. I saw the, um, Luis Castillo Shohei Otani a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles time, or in Anaheim time of my life, man, especially cause that was the infamous, what are you doing? Angels game in the top of the ninth where they forgot how to play defense. Oh, they just haven't known how to play defense for a while. I say coming from the worst defensive team in baseball, but <laughs> what happened to Brandon Crawford, man? He's been hurt. He got old. <laughs> He's also been hurt. I mean, I mean the the everything went right for the Giants last year. Everything, everything, all of the all of the veterans put in career performances. Every a lot of things gelled. There weren't a lot of injuries. There were some, but there weren't a lot. But um. They're like, what is the bench? Who's on the bench? I, it's a different guy every week, right? Like, uh, Willie Cal is starting today. So today, today, <laughs> you know. But but uh, I think they're just they're tinkering and they're tinkering and they're tinkering and they're tinkering and they're getting the last out of a couple veterans and testing out some new guys and looking towards the future. But last year was a, an absolute like every somebody the sacrificed the right goat. Like everything went, <laughs> went right. Um, but that's not let's not to discredit them. They did it. They did an amazing thing. I mean, this is coming from a Dodgers fan. They gave us a ride, show. right? They gave us a ride. And it's the best year. It was the best year of the rivalry, quite frankly, ever. It was the best yeah. two team race of literally any two. Finish, winning 106 games and finishing second in the division is not going to happen again. No, no, it's like, not. or it's extremely but, um, unlikely to happen. I will, I'll never say never because baseball. But, like, mm-hmm. it's so unlikely to happen. Yeah. yeah, especially, like, and then we're just looking at that 88-win Braves team, like, yeah. ah, you know. <laughs> that's just how baseball yeah. is, that's and baseball. That's, why it's, yeah. that's why it's so cool. That should have been the NLCS. So I want, I would have I would have died, but I would have loved seven games at Dodgers Giants last year. Oh, absolutely. It would have gone all seven, too. Like, it, it I, just Very have. likely. Like, so... But yeah. Anyway, enough about last year's uh, 
Giants team that was actually good. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about this last couple of weeks in baseball. Not even like everything, but the last couple of weeks and what's going on. In our seventh inning stretch, I still am too lazy to go and find the little thing that we have. Uh, so I'm just going to pick a winner at the end because I feel like it because that's kind of how we were. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, first inning, first question, first thing to talk about. Minor league baseball is unionizing or attempting to anyway. Uh, they put out a couple weeks ago, they're sending out uh, like cards to minor league baseball players. They're like, hey, this is the thing we're trying to do. And it's gained a good bit of traction. Uh, the MLB said they're going to like actually formally like acknowledge this minor league player union, which is big considering they have a hefty class action lawsuit uh, filed against uh, Major League Baseball as well for I guess 185 million for Major League Baseball is probably jump change, but like it, it that's a lot of money. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I guess the question I don't know if there really is a question. Uh, if the minor oh here we go, uh, if the minor leagues become unionized, uh, how close are we to like respectful respectful minor league systems? Like you know, because minor leaguers aren't treated well. We know that. If they do get a union, what really changes? What do we think that's going to be looking like here? I mean, we have it. I think it's going to be like huge. You know what I mean? This, we've seen the sway like the MLBPA itself has had. But if they get like a union like the NBA players have, the minor leaguers are going to be really, really, really treated well. But it all has to go perfectly for it to happen. That's fair. So, so here's the thing. We, we actually already have an example of what that might look like. The minor league umpires are unionized under the Association of Minor League Umpires. And they still don't have very good pay. They still don't have they it's it is measurably better, especially for female empires. Um, it it has improved conditions, but it it is not it is not it wasn't the immediate jump and immediate fix that some people might think it might be. The 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 distinction here is that the umpire minor league umpires and the major league umpires are two different unions. I don't know how much interaction they have. They didn't really have that much as far as I knew. Um, but but they are two different two different unions. What this would be would be minor leaguers organizing organizing underneath the current MLBPA. That's where there's more power because that is, I mean, that's basically the equivalent equivalent of the players having their own antitrust laws. Like everyone everyone you know exemption. I mean, is like everyone's here. Everyone is here. Everyone's at the table. Um, Will will that improve? I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna see basic improvements, yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't. There, it's gonna be a back and forth. It's gonna be probably. It's got to be a separate CBA, right? Like, there's no way they they there's no way they do this the same CBA. That's too. It's too big of a document, and I don't think anybody would want that. So it just depends on like they're still organizing, you know, or they're still fighting for certain things. I don't. I think this early acquiescence in major league baseball is maybe hoping to like lull them into a sense of like, Oh, we're working with you. We're working with you. And they're going to pull the rug at some point. Um, I just think if we look at minor league umpires who have the union, who it's not a very powerful union. Can you tell me what the name of that union is? Yeah, exactly. No one knows. <laughs> it's just the association of minor league umpires. What a name, you know, yeah. but, but it doesn't have power. Most people doesn't even know it exists. 
this the smartest move that this is this is the smartest move I think they could have made in as in forms of consolidating power and being taken seriously and and having real heft um, because you know Major League Baseball just dealt with them over the lockout so they are well aware of what what is possible um, whether or not it actually I think there will be some immediate improvements. We'll have to see about long term. There's already been some some improvements, right? Like with housing and 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 mm-hmm. some yeah. of those things have already been fought for. Uh, whether or not those those are still the things that they're pushing for, which what else would they be pushing for other than better pay and better treatment and better housing? Um, we'll see. Um, I don't expect Major League Baseball to be this easygoing for the entire entire route because that's just not what Major League Baseball is, and it's not in their interest to be to lay down right now. Um, but you know, Manfred comes from the background of yes. that he does. Yeah, <laughs> like, like like what look look what he's done. This is the one good thing that he's done. So of course everyone's going to be like, mm, was this good? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what's the catch? Mm-hmm. All I say yeah. is it takes one minor league strike. And then a bunch of players in the majors start getting injured, and all of a sudden you can't get your AAA guys, can't get your AA guys to come up. They're going to get paid really, really quick if that happens. That's fair. I mean, my big thing baseball is that... was shut down before for a strike. So I every okay, okay. Let's talk about. Let's okay. talk... <laughs> I'm going to say, but the thing is, like, you struck a chord. If... But the thing is, like, let's say, like, Cody Bellinger gets hurt. You don't want me coming. And playing center field for the Dodgers, you know, no, what I mean? you but, probably had about the same plate plate presence. But here's the thing: so the last, okay, the re, oh, okay, here's some history that most people don't really think about or know about. So the 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 umpire strike that happened in '99, Major League Baseball broke their union, absolutely broke it in half. They 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 couldn't do a they couldn't do a mass resignation because of some union things. So they basically like. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was the equivalent of a mass resignation. And Major League Baseball said, "Okay." And and it it and and through the course of of it, the old union ceased to represent current players. Uh, several Major League umpires were not officially blackballed, but were basically blackballed and weren't hired back. And and they had to form a completely new union. This new Major League umpires union is what sprang from that. At the same time, the minor league association formed which I thought was smart, like get in while everybody's organizing. But Major League Baseball, the last couple like tiffs with, with, with unions have been more fraught than people really think about. And especially that umpires union. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that major league, major league baseball has already survived pandemic and being shut down. And having a 60-game season. Now, they didn't make nearly as much money, of course, and I'm sure they don't want to do it again. But I don't see Major League Baseball as being as desperate for players or as desperate to get things started as people think. They were... They canceled games earlier this season. They made them up, but they canceled games. They're not afraid to play that chip. So I don't know how effective a strike like that would be because... They're not afraid of saying, okay, we'll just wait you out. We're billionaires. Yeah, see, but that's what Roger Goodell tried to do when the um, 
NFL refs went on strike, the replacement refs came in, the quality of refereeing dropped immediately. He's like, oh, hell no. And Wyndham got the refs back. Yeah, I mean, if that's what happened guys off the street, umpires. Yeah, but if you get guys off the streets, like, you can replace the players if the minor leaguers go on strike. But the more people start to get injured, the more the quality of the product starts to drop. And that's when it's going to start Here's making the a thing. difference. Most of these teams do not give a shit what kind of quality is on the field. Because that's not where they make their money. Yeah. So that threat, yes, maybe long term would work. But they don't care. Like the Rockies are a real estate company, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I I get where you're coming from. I believe I understand that, and fans will be mad. But they have no incentive right now to to do that because they don't care if they win. Some some teams some teams do not care if they win. It's not as My it's not God. as an overall effective thing. My big thing about a minor league union is that it would make uh, <clears throat> it would make another culling of minor league teams and affiliates much more difficult compared to the last time that happened recently. And I think that at the minimum, that would be just a huge step forward to ensure that some those players have at least some protections against that. Yeah, I think it's is there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that's going to come out of it. I think we just have to wait and see. And so only time will tell. So <laughs> yeah. what's new? This is how this is how it goes. So <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> only only time will tell. But I think it's a good general step in the right direction. And so Yes, very we, much so. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Anyway, uh moving on to inning two. Uh so throughout the season, uh we've seen a ton of super young guys really contributing to big teams. Uh, some examples are we have Julio. You got like, you got uh, at least pretty young Gunnar Henderson, Michael Hot Wheels, Harris. Hot, that's I need Hot Wheels Harris to catch on so badly. I think it's an amazing nickname for Michael Harris anyway. Um, but we've seen a lot of these guys helping and contributing to teams making a playoff push. And it's been, Traditionally, in the past, you don't have these super young guys helping these playoff contenders, in a sense. Um, but that being said, uh, it has been a trend as of late where you have, um, in the last five or so years, I'd say, uh, you have guys like Soto, Tatis, uh, McClanahan for the Rays. Uh, I don't know why I only specified that team, but... Uh, oh, Rosarena for the Rays. Yeah, the, the Rosarena. Uh, yeah. You have these guys contributing to these teams in the postseason. They're very, very late in the season. Um, it's happened, I'd say, last five to seven years maybe. Before that, it was kind of like not much of a thing. It was almost unheard of, really. Um, but uh, how do you think, um, kind of bring this back to minor leagues uh, and kind of what we just kind of talked about a whole lot, Um <laughs> Uh, how do you think this is going to uh, affect maybe some – this, this question is just about a minor league union, straight up. That's all it's about as I'm like reading through this again. like We well, just kind of talked about you this. Were, is, is the question like how are these guys come up and, and contributing all of a sudden? Is yeah, like, that's kind of what it's about. It's attitude. It's attitude 100%. I can't really speak to those other players. But, you know, in 2019, we had Alex Verdugo, Will Smith, and Matt Beatty 
have a rookie walk-off weekend. And they came up and were immediately contributing and would have continued contributing had we not smacked into the Nationals team of destiny in 2019. <laughs> but um, but, but there was a conscious decision within the Dodger locker room to not haze rookies, to not harass them, to not, you know, just yesterday, we're recording this on Monday, Sunday was Dodger dress-up day. And it used to be only rookies. It used to be a, a hazing thing. It used to be a shaming thing. Like, uh, you know, they 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 used to like, aha, the rookies have to do that. And now it's, everyone gets to do it. Everyone gets to have fun. Um, and and they've kind of talked about that, especially in that 2019 season when we had so many rookies coming up. Uh, uh, Edwin Rios also came up that year. Of course, he's been hurt, but like he was also contributing. There was a there was there was a concentrated effort to make rookies feel welcome, to make rookies feel supported. It literally just an emotional change is is like the biggest change because they still got the staff, they still got the coaching, they still got all that. But a concentrated effort to make rookies feel at home, and I think. I think that is a change, a shift in baseball attitude where like pay, put in your dues, put in your times. Well, everybody puts in their dues, right? Like they remember doing it. And I think part of this unionizing the minors is also major leaguers realizing, oh, I didn't have to have it that bad. I didn't have to go through hell. We could make this better for everyone. And I maybe could have had better numbers if I had, you know, not had to been walk naked somewhere i don't know how hazing works but you know, like like honestly like i think that's part of it and i think other teams are kind of catching on to that it's like why would you take this young hot player that you've invested several years in their career and then like make him, and give him a hot foot like what the hell you know I, and i think that's part of that changing baseball culture which is extremely positive but i know that's how it was on the dodgers it was a conscious effort to be like you know what rookies are not coffee getters. Like there might be light hazing or something like that, but but it's a concentrated effort to make them feel welcome, to help them contribute. And that's, you know, we got Will Smith out of the deal. Verdugo's over um, uh, with the Red Sox, you know, hitting, I think he's like hitting 280 something for him, which is, you know, not bad. Um, I've got DFA from the Padres. We won't talk about that, but we got the good out of them, right? And their rookie season and it's attitude. Yeah. Jenny? <laughs> I think that's, I think you're just, uh, uh, Diego, I think you're just uh, overlooking some stuff in the past. Uh, I think it's less that it's as rare as you make it out to be. I think it's just that these are particularly uh, notable players doing it. You know, we've heard Julio has been a top-rated prospect for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Adley's been a top-rated prospect for a long time. And, and it's not just that they're helping these teams it's who they're helping it's mariners who haven't had a postseason playoff since i've been alive it's the orioles who have been really bad for a long time uh i think that has made it stand out more than uh some other players in the past but there's always been uh like one or two young players who ball out in the postseason you know 2017 uh, cody bellinger and aaron judge as rookies let lit the league on fire you know what I mean? That was only five years ago. It just yeah. happens. It's just more fun when the low-key teams have those guys, mm -hmm. and a lot That's of them. Fair. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, I think you might be right. It's kind of like an oversight thing, really. But it's just – I just feel like, um, at least this year, it feels like a, a very high concentration of it. That might, might make it like the oversight or make it seem like, oh, this doesn't happen a whole lot, but it's really just, hey, we've got like – nine guys who happen to be like 23 and also like lighting up the league all at the same time. 
And plus, we've relaxed the rules. Like, you can celebrate. You can, like, pimp home runs. So they show a lot more personality, and it stands out more. Like, Julio Rodriguez in that game-tying home run and just how excited he was, that kind of stands out more than, like, five years ago, Aaron Judge hitting a game-tying home run and then just respectfully trotting the bases like he's supposed to. Or supposed to. Air quotes. I mean, how old were... uh were Chris Bryant and Javier Baez when the Cubs won their World Series. They were pretty young then, too. That's a great question. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. 22? I think Bryant's 29. I think Bryant's... I thought Bryant was 30. I thought Bryant was like 23 or 24 in 2016. That sounds right. That sounds accurate, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Point being, like, I think you guys are definitely right. Uh, Y'all are, like, kind of on it like it's not necessarily like oh this doesn't happen it's it this happens it's just maybe it's a perception um, thing yeah i think yeah 100 percent. i think that's probably accurate <laughs> but yeah nonetheless it's cool to see you know mm-hmm. the young let, like let the kids play which is that been that mantra of mlb for the last few years but also they don't want the kids to play at all sometimes like i don't know it is what it is anyway I, uh, I do on. think that young players coming up and then making an immediate impact on uh, playoff teams, I think it's the best possible sort of marketing for MLB. You got these exciting right. young players on these exciting teams uh, who are going to get a lot of eyes on them because they're going to be in the postseason. I mean, Randy Orozarena became an overnight sensation because of his World Series stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're right. So. I don't know, like you, yeah, yeah. I think Could you're not right. get that really boy out. Couldn't get him out. <laughs> you got your ring. You can't complain. <laughs> Wasn't a complaint. It was a compliment. Yeah. I will if say I'm scared that, when you come into the batter's box, that's the ultimate sign of respect. My favorite thing was um, at least here at Diamond Diders. Literally, any time Randy Rosa would wake, wouldn't come to the plate, we'd get the same meme um, in our like chat that just said, uh, "Babe, wake up! Randy's up to bat." <laughs> yeah. But anyway, going from these young guys, (laughs) no, no, they they were good at bats, man. Some of our best, the clips we still use on our Sunday night watch party and stuff come from that postseason. There's a lot of them of um, Scott and I just kind of talking about Randy Rosarena. There's the Kevin Kiermaier one that we have, but it's still very prevalent here a little bit. But anyway, uh, moving on from these young guys to some old guy here, Albert Pujols. Now three home runs away from 700. We talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago, talking about, like, yeah, it's probably going to happen, but, like, it's going to be close. He's three away with, what, 20-something games to go? Never doubted. Like, (laughs) that's just – it's insane to think about. Like, he's just kind of been on a tear. Like, you got to respect it. Like, it's been kind of wild. But in the event that – he doesn't hit 700, which is still a possibility. He's still an old Albert Pujols. Uh, do you think there's a shot he maybe comes back for another season? Or do you think no, we're literally seeing like, him dwindling down in his career? This is the magical storybook ending. This is what everybody can, dreams of. You know what I mean? You yeah. want to be remembered it's on the, the highest of highs. And then you come back, you get 700, and then you just suck for the rest of the year. Great, you got 700, but you suck. You don't leave a great last impression. Just retire, you know? Yeah. Oh, I hate Shiro Suzuki. 
retiring after the first series. I just, I don't think, I don't know if it'll, I don't know if I want him to wait that long or if it, it will, but he is in, in two weeks, the Cardinals are in Dodger Stadium and uh, I would not mind seeing him hit 700 against one of our pitchers. But I like the relievers that we don't care about, you know. <laughs> Andrew Heaney, that's what I want to say it off of. No! Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson. Hey, you leave our starters alone. Um, Tony Gonsolin. But... Brewster well, down for the count right now. Brewster's down for the count. Our yeah. our, 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 our our arms are sore. Craig anyway. Kimbrell. Yes, I'm fine with <laughs> okay. that. No, okay. if he wasn't hurt, Blake Trinan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Blake yes. <laughs> but he is. <laughs> Which is somehow better. Well, he's got some legal troubles to work out. Anyway, that's a joke. That's a joke. He doesn't. We have a joke about how, like, where he was he on January 6th because, you know, you never know. he deserves it. He deserves those jokes. You never know. Um, yeah, I, he's T.O. Albert. I, the, the, the more I look at, like, how close he is and will he, won't he, the angrier I get at the Angels for absolutely wasting him. Just because he's clearly still has the ability. He, and he had the ability the whole time. I just, I feel I I adopted a minor leaguer through the adopt a minor leaguer plan. It's pretty great. Uh, he's in the angel system, and every time I talk to him, I'm just like biting my tongue, not to just be like, "What's it like? Is it awful? Is it terrible? Don't talk to anyone. Don't talk to Trojan. You know, like just like yeah. protect protect this little bubble. You know, and and I just it the angels have so much to answer for on so many levels, but especially for with with Albert like. He he, sh- he could have been he could have broken the record he could have easily clearly he is still at this age and still able to knock him out of the park he could have beat the all time record if he wasn't just languishing in Anaheim and you know maybe that maybe that's unfair to no maybe the Angels just have the opposite of Cardinal Voodoo magic and the Cardinal yeah. Voodoo magic had to get him going again. I guess. Yeah. Well, hey, it was the Possible. Dodgers that fixed him. Don't don't, don't forget <laughs> about that. I wrote about that. I wrote about that. I know we got him going. They just get out of Anaheim. That's also like, yeah. which one is it? It's probably a little bit of both. Remember, like, what during the Mookie Betts trade, where like there was gonna be Jock Peterson and Ross Blink to the Angels, and that fell oh. through. <laughs> I'm I've never been more happy for like. <laughs> trade to not happen because I like those players and I was like I don't want to send you to Anaheim that's just Dude, well friend... hopefully they get a new owner yeah. my... I was going to <laughs> well, they are. my friend he's an Angels fan like when they cancel the trade he's like what the hell man like what <laughs> happened yeah Arte Arte happened your owner happened yeah. <laughs> hopefully I talked about this the last time I was on here I went you asked us um if Pools was going to hit 700, and part of my point was, if he's close, he's going to come back. Because, you know, to play the game for as long as he has, he obviously cares about it so much. And uh, basically, I don't think he can walk, he'll be satisfied walking away if he's at 698 or 699. That's fair. Another thing where I think it kind of chalks up to, only time will tell. But I think it's probably hard to believe he doesn't get to 700 at this point. Like, and the, with three weeks left, yeah, four three weeks, weeks left, um, 12, only three, three. 
Three and some change. Yeah, and he only needs three. A home like, run a week? That's doable. He's been doing a home run like every two or three days the last week and a half. So he had, he like, had a two-homer game the other day, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So we're at a point where it could happen in one day. Like, it could. Just, it very well could. Just for your sake, I hope it doesn't happen on, on, like, on a Sunday night watch party. <laughs> God, I would. Because I think Carson uh, would have to do it by himself for the rest of the time. No, straight up. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Have fun. And he would just talk about our pools for an hour and a half. But... He'd probably take off his shirt and start running around his house. <laughs> you never know. That's good television. But, yeah, yeah, that's just quality content. We'll make it into a TikTok or two. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on from Albert Pujols uh, to an actually successful Anaheim Angel, just the player, not the team organization. Shohei Otani uh, is an absolute unicorn. We all knew this in terms of his elite, like, just level of hitting and pitching. And we've seen our fair share of other, like, either minor league two-way players or two-way players that simply aren't, like, Max Scherzer on the mound and, you know, the best – one of the best hitters in baseball at the plate. Uh, Or good, yeah. We've seen guys like uh, Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen was doing it for a bit. I don't think he's doing it much now. I could be wrong about that. But he was doing – when he was on the Reds, he did a fair amount, I feel like. Um, At least I remember it a little bit here and there. you got, like, Jared Walsh did it for a little bit in the minors, I think. You had, um, I mean, Cronenworth also another example. He did it in college, at least. Um, and but, in the minors, but only for a handful of innings. Yeah, he did really try and develop Shane Boz as a, or who was You guys it? are overlooking no. Hanser Alberto. Um, <laughs> Hanser Alberto. Russell Amazing Martin. two-way player. Will Myers. Yeah, Brendan McKay. <laughs> yeah, Brendan McKay. That was yeah, okay. the race guy. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll, we'll – I don't think it's an accident that Shohei is a, an amazing 2A player and he's from Japan. Now, yeah. I don't know very much about how Japanese baseball kids do, but here in America, it seems, and even overseas and in, in places that are trying to funnel into Major League Baseball, it seems like they get kids to specialize at such an early age. I don't know if we have another 2A player like that because they're not being trained that way. Um, and it's kind yeah. of icky to think about. Because, you know, we talked about earlier on another podcast, betting on the Little League World Series, which is icky. But, like, by that time, kids know whether or not they're going to be a pitcher or not. Now, and every now and then, you'll get a conversion. Like, you know, Kenley Jansen was drafted as a catcher and converted into a pitcher. Like, we'll get conversions maybe. But I don't think we'll ever see a two-way player like that while the U.S. funneling, again, Major League funneling system is is as specialized and is and – is, fragmented as it is see this one i think you're wrong because yeah. it, this is what they said about like michael vick like, no no i'd love like, to be wrong let's go <laughs> because you can't play football like michael vick no one wants to play football with michael vick but guess what there are a lot of kids that grew up watching michael vick play football the way he did and one of those kids became lamar jackson there are That's kids true. watching shohei otani do the most incredible things we've ever seen on a baseball diamond and you don't think they want to be like shohei otani and, and there's fair. nothing harder to say no to than a screaming kid being like, I want to pitch and hit. You know Let what I mean? Do both. It's going to start being like, it can happen. He's been healthy for two years now. He's not getting hurt. A lot more kids are going to start developing as two-way players. They're not all going to hit. But they're going to start know, hitting I think, more and more. I think the elimination of the, DA, of, of the, of the, the inter- universal DH 
put a nail in any program that would specialize like that. I, not That's not to say kids don't want to do it. You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. But everything is so funneled now. I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a kid say, screw you. I'm going to play. I'm going to be a two-way player. Um, but that's just my cynical nature. You're not wrong. He is very inspiring. I think it's less that um, less that uh, the current system doesn't allow for it. I just think that at the current way baseball is, it's just uh, you have to be so incredibly gifted at either just one hitting or one uh, pitching to even make the major leagues. I mean, it's it in college, I mean, two-way players are still decently common. They're not, uh, I mean, it's not like every team has them, but they show up every once in a while. Like, I will say it's, this. No, um, sorry, keep going. I'll finish after you. I was, I was just going to continue going on saying it's, it's just so hard to be good at both because it's so hard to be good at one, you know? Uh, and, you, I mean, look at um, Jake Cronworth. He just uh, doesn't have the physical talent to be a pitcher, no offense. But when he pitched in the big leagues, he was throwing uh, 88 miles per hour with his fastball. I mean, that, that's not good enough to be a big league pitcher. It takes a, so much, both physically and skill-wise, to make either uh, side of the ball it, that really... It, it just seems so unlikely for anybody to even be average at both, let alone do what Otani is doing. No, I think that's a really good point, too. Um, it's it's hard enough to make the major league level doing one or the other. Doing both is kind of crazy. But I will also say this much. The Giants' first-round pick in the MLB draft this last year, Reggie Crawford, was a two-way player out of Connecticut, and they set up, they drafted him. They intend to develop him as a two-way player. I'm so, not too familiar with this, but like, if they poach some player development people from Los Angeles, I think it could work. They, all right. Don't you think Gabe and Farhan both just scraped a lot of stuff into a bag and ran? Oh, I think like, Gabe Kaplan is <laughs> an awful manager. I love Farhan, <laughs> but I don't like Gabe Kaplan. Like, I've been over this a lot. Like, Farhan's great. I know he's a Dodger product, but Gabe Kapler's mm. not. Um, Gabe Kapler would be – I said this yesterday. I think Gabe Kapler would be an excellent bench coach. And, like, I don't think he'd be a manager. I think he'd be a great bench coach, though. The way he eats uh, his chicken nuggets, I don't trust him. <laughs> I've told you the ice cream story, right? Well, no, I can't tell yeah, you. Yeah, no. Yeah. We've, talked about, we've talked about it before. Gabe, Gabe Kapler is something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so – I think uh, there's like what Joseph was saying. There's a good, a good. There's some merit to that. Uh, absolutely, considering there's a guy that got drafted literally this last year. He's like, hey, I want to be a two-way player, and then the Giants are like, okay, we'll develop you as such. And so, he's got a guy in there, real young guy in there, uh, on their Arizona team who's a two-way player from Australia, BJ Cook. Yep. See, like, yeah. So I don't know how well it's gonna work or how what that cutoff of sorts is to where you're like, okay, you're, we've tried developing these two way player, but clearly you can't pitch or clearly you can't hit. So we're going to like focus on one. So I feel like, yeah, Hunter Green's an example of that. When he was drafted, he, uh, he was initially developed as a two way player, but he just couldn't hit. So he, yeah, he throws he 102 miles an hour, which also helps. So, 
Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Though. Like, it's a great example. So, but we'll see what happens. We will see. I think it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to watch, yeah. like develop the development of it. So, anyway, we'll move on to um, something else that may be exciting to watch. Maybe you don't aren't so excited to watch it um, next year. We are going to have a few new rule changes implemented to Major League Baseball. Um, I've heard various opinions on both sides for each rule. So I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on each rule. Um, if the listener here, if you don't know, um, we're going to get things such as a pitch clock with you'll have 15 seconds when bases are empty, 20 when there's runners on bases. And if you violate the pitch clock um, as a pitcher, it's an automatic ball. And um, there is a batter violation of sports suit. I don't know exactly what it is, but you can also get an automatic strike called. Um, I think it's like stepping out of the box too long or something, not getting the box in time, something along those lines. Um, uh, pitchers can only step off the rubber twice per at-bat uh, or play appearance. Um, you can only have two infielders on each side of second base, and you they must be on or be touching the dirt. Their both feet need to be on the dirt. And then the bases increase from 15 uh, inches to 18. What are your thoughts? I think the biggest issue with baseball has always been pace of play. Like, I bring this up a lot when I talk about this with people, but the NFL games take longer than baseball games. And the NFL is an institution in this country. But the thing is, it takes, like an inordinate amount of time between balls and play in baseball. If we get more action, you get more eyes on the th- your sport, and this helps incentivize a lot of action in the sport. I think it gives the second base umpire something to do during the game, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's a job. Responsibility. I will say this. I did, uh, this was a couple of years ago, actually. This is like 2018 2019 I did have a conversation with a major league umpire and one of the things I asked him was um what is something that we can do to make the game more interesting in your opinion and before I even really finished the question he said ban the shift he said he you know he watches a lot of baseball those those umpires and he said so many times yeah 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 and he said you know balls fly directly into gloves because the math says it should and he's like, how much more interesting would it be if, you know, the player maybe knows the ball's going to go that way, but he's got to haul ass over to get it. And you're going to see a lot more athleticism on the field. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'll, I, I'm a Dodger fan, so I, I like my analytics. And our, the shift works really, really well for us. We're really good at it. Um, but that, that is something to consider is, you know, there's going to be more balls in play. There's going to be more action and things like that. So but between that and the pitch clock, Maybe we do we do see some more I, I don't know. I think that just means more people on base and longer games. Like <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, but people on base is fun, you know. What yeah, I mean? There's yeah, always yeah. that intrigue. If the game's longer, at least, you know, it's oh the pitcher's trying to work out of uh yeah. bases loaded bases loaded uh one out situation rather than oh this at bat took twelve minutes and there's no one on. It's also the second inning an hour after the game started. Like, I don't know. I mean, it'll keep. What is it, Clevenger? Who like makes it? So I want to. So I want to talk about both the the shift and the pitch clock. I'll start with the pitch clock. 
Uh, I've talked about this before a bit on Twitter, but uh, the pitch clock uh, ended up saving a, a date I went on quite a bit. I had convinced a friend to come to a baseball game with me. Uh, he was not a enough. baseball fan. <laughs> yeah, That's and he was do. not a baseball fan. So imagine my horror as the in like the fourth or fifth inning, it was 11 to 1. Nice. And then eventually ballooning to a final score of 17 to 3. Nice. Even even with that, it was still the game was still under three hours, thankfully. So uh, it wasn't completely awful. It, it was that game that really uh, convinced me the mayor of the pitch clock. And, you know, I think it's a good thing now. <clears throat> and for the shift, uh, Tavi talked about it a bit, how it's how the banning of the shift would require more athleticism. Um, I wonder about the knock on effect it will have on players who aren't athletic who don't really have a good defensive position you know uh, max muncy uh i think is a great example of this he plays you know no have you seen him play second have you seen him jump like four feet in the air to get it mm. okay he's not good at he doesn't, third, but he's he doesn't good have, at, he's, he's awful at third, third. <laughs> he's not good at third but unfortunately that's where he is because I was got, like, you use him way too much at third so he can't play third he's base. very yeah, good because at Gavin Lux and Freddie Freeman have first yeah Gavin yeah. Lux is an awful but an I just awful cannot let that too. Max Muncy slander like I will send you entire videos of him jumping up like a cat and snatching balls out of the air this I'll admit he's not good mobility at like <laughs> he's not good at third that's just where I have to shove him sometimes he can't move horizontally and he which he can't do at second either. So, as I was saying, some players who are more limited athletically... And Vogelbach. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, more more, more uh, some second baseman and third baseman who aren't the best movers, They have you can hide them defensively uh, using the shift. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jose Altuve, he's another example of a, of a player on a team who hides his defensive uh, shortcomings with the shift a lot. You know, I, I wonder the knock-on effect it will have on that. You know, the A's, they have a player, Jordan Diaz, who's a fantastic hitter, but uh, looks like he could potentially be a pure DH in the future. But recently they've been trying him out at second base. It's a very interesting decision because he... Because he uh, is very bad defensively, but if the shift was still around, you think that uh, he would be a better overall defender because they would use the shift more often when he's in the field compared to just shifting as normal. But with the shift now banned, you will require more out of your infielders, and I think it will lead to less, uh, less sort of just to come there and hope for the best kind of situations. Yeah, well, I think it makes moves. I mean, Cody Bellinger's in the outfield, but a lot of people have been giving, you know, Dave Roberts flack for keeping him in the lineup when he's hitting so poorly, but his glove will save him every time. And I think players like that who maybe don't have the bat, the batting average, uh, it makes those calls more defensible because saving a run can be as important, if not more important than, than scoring a run sometimes. Yeah, I think it's um, – with the rule changes, I'll say this. The one I've really openly not liked is banning the shift or limiting the shift just because I'm such a big fan of if the math says this and it's right, it's – I just – I think it's awesome. 
I think being able to outsmart uh, the game is kind of cool because it doesn't always work either. So I think well, that's why I think it works. Um, but I also, I've also said this, I'm sure I'm wrong uh, about the total um, or how it's going to affect the game as a whole. And I'm more than happy to eat my words about it. But as of where we are right now, I'm like, I don't love the idea. Uh, I also didn't really like the universal DH. And I've like, I knew I was going to come around on it. Uh, I just really like watching pitchers hit, even when they get straight fastballs right down Main Street by them. But it's, it, I know I'll come around to it. Um, but right now, as we stand now, I'm not a huge fan of the shift just because I like analytics. I think they're cool. I think they're neat. I want to see them work in action. And limiting the shift will prevent that a bit. So that's just also the, also the way they Thank you. Also, the way they've banned the shift right now, it's not going to. It's not going to do what they want, which is increase uh, balls in play. Well, it will somewhat, but not the way keeping the shift unbanned would. Keeping the shift unbanned, keeping the shift legal would uh, make players like Stephen Kwan, who are great at spraying the ball all over the field, they would make those types of players much more valuable. With the way this is, this has the shift has been implemented now. Slow lumbering. Uh, home run hitters who also hit the gr- hit the ball into the ground on one specific side of the field a lot. You know, Ryan Howard's. Uh, it'll make those players even more common. It'll make them even more uh, prevalent. Which those are the type of players that a lot of people are criticizing. Those three true outcome guys. Uh, you know. But conversely, like, like Freddie Freeman, you know, hits the ball over the place. And I swear to God, every time I turn on a Dodger game, they're shifting Freddie Freeman for some goddamn reason. <laughs> Does that work? I was just thinking that. No, it never works. He hits the ball all over the place. Yeah, you, is he have the highest average, one of the highest averages in, in mm-hmm. baseball. Because he's right. like, oh, you're standing over there? I hit it over there. Yeah. Also, I think... it gets rid of bunt doubles, which. Hey, I like bunt doubles. Yeah, I know. I was saying boo to getting rid of them. Oh, that's you were saying boo button doubles. I'm like, hey, they're fun. They are. But also, like watching someone put down two unsuccessful bunts, not fun. But when it works, it's cool. And that's just another like, example. Like pitchers hitting, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's I do like it's cool with pitchers. Logan Webb had a home run the last game of the season last year, and I thought it was awesome. Anyway, like I, I'm very much a fan of like the very niche, like little things, like that result of just being or outsmarting the game, which I understand no one else is, but I, I, I am. So I, don't know. I think ultimately these changes probably going to be better for the casual fan. We'll get a little bit more increase uh, in um, interest in the sport, but. Again, only time will tell. So we'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'll have much more to say about the shift being banned as we come closer to next season and all that. But for now, that's where we're at. Anyway, moving on. I'm, I'm just waiting for the day we get the inevitable hockey style, uh, pulling the goalie, but instead of pulling the goalie, they pull an outfielder into the infield. I mean, that happened every now and then, or used to. Um and I mean, technically, there's nothing saying you can't. Yeah, and that's what I'm waiting for now to happen. Like, if you put like, oh god, what's a good example of a guy that played? I guess I can use Gavin Lux as an example because Gavin Lux plays the outfield a little bit, right? 
Yes, he does technically. Chris um, Taylor. Chris Taylor's a better example. Chris, Chris Taylor is a better there example. Yes, there thank you. you. Uh, like, say he's starting the day and left, uh, but you want to use him um, as like a as like a shift. Like, you can do that. You can put. There's nothing saying the left fielder can't stand on the right side of the diamond, like on the infield even. So, or and if, and if any team to do it, the Dodgers with uh, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts in the outfield can certainly do it. Yeah, Mookie Betts can play second. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm saying. But Mookie Betts play more second base is what I'm saying. But. Anyway. The way I still, the way that people believe, I and I believe it too. That because, like, how many games did Mookie Betts play at second right before the Juan Soto trade? What a what a play, beauty! I don't what think he played again. I think he was taking ground balls in the infield. Yeah, he play, he was at second for a couple games, or at least one game or two, like right around trade how deadline. Does he play second base? I imagine huh? not very much. Not. I think he's no. like. Three games, maybe. All I know more. is he has second base eligibility in our Diamond Digest Fantasy League, and he's my starting second baseman. That's a very smart move. So, I mean, I mean the, I mean the cost, uh, the opportunity cost is very low because he's the, he's like the best outfield defender in baseball. And, oh yeah, and he's just an okay uh, second baseman, but so Probably like there's really no reason. Lots I think he yeah, gets probably bored out in right field and likes to chat with the infielder sometimes. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm it really makes more bored. sense to put like Chris Taylor in the five man infield and just have Betts and yeah. Bellinger track everything down in the yeah. outfield. Which is like yeah. more than like valid, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we'll see teams try to cheat it like that and then they'll have to amend it somehow. I think spring training's gonna be wild. Yeah, but the thing is, like, <laughs> when it comes to trying stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, but if they try, doing I think the that Arizona League game, is gonna maybe. I it would be interesting to see if they try out some stuff in the Arizona League where there's very they, little eyes on on players and and things like they, that. They would all fun and games until um, Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harper are playing a two man outfield. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Harper's good. Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like defensively, yeah, he's not. He might as well be a one-man outfield with, with only Harper. If you got Cassianos yeah. or Schwarber in there, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I don't know. We'll see. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it'll be interesting to see spring training and how teams like because teams will find a workaround one way or another. And I think it'll probably be, the Dodgers. Probably the Dodgers. Yeah, or the Rays. They're an innovative team. Yeah, Do you know we invented exactly. the throat guard for catchers? No. Mm-hmm. No. I didn't that was the that. thing that was developed with Dodgers and catchers. Something else too, but yeah, that was that was a that was an innovation because someone got hit in the throat and they're like, hey, let's stop. Let's that. not do that. <laughs> How about we don't do How that? How about no? <laughs> anyway, um, moving on from the rule changes, uh, we'll move on to just kind of what I mentioned earlier. Um, these postseason races that we have, we've got a few that are very, very close. Uh, we have some that have been decided since opening day, uh, i.e. the National League West. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think we have – it's easy. It's really easy to keep your eye on uh, Philadelphia, San Diego, Milwaukee, and the NL wild card. Only two of those teams can make it. Um, also, you have in the American League, Tampa, Seattle, Toronto, and even Baltimore a bit. I think Baltimore. Baltimore's only five and a half out. They can still make a push. Like, 
all it takes is a couple of good weeks and a couple of not so good weeks from one of those first three teams. And so, do I think it's going to happen? No. But can it? Yes. Do I want it to happen? Also, yes. But, um, yeah, other close, um, the NL East, the Mets and the Braves only being a game and a half apart. Um, the, the White Sox still miraculously are in a postseason like push situation, two and a half back of Cleveland. Um, Minnesota also only four and a half back. I think those were the real close ones. Um, yeah. What what do you, what do you, how do you all think that's going to shake out? What do you think is going to happen here in the last few weeks here? I think just Give like as a fan of parody, I want I think Toronto would slide out, and then you get Seattle, Baltimore, and Toronto or Tampa slides out. And Seattle, Toronto Baltimore, can slide Toronto. out and get Toronto. You'd rather have Toronto over um, Tampa or Tampa over Toronto. I like both of those teams a lot. <laughs> I I'd, I'd rather have Toronto. Roger Center, come on. Well, playoff like baseball Kevin in Canada Gosman. always rules. Kevin Gosman. And I, also their I, infield. Uh, I have an odd question. I, I'm, I'm an NL West girl. Are the other divisions as incestuous as the NL West is? For Excuse their me? Run out? Like, they oh. are only playing... <laughs> Did I, use- I was extremely confused by your word choice there for a second. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't I mean, the best it, one, but it was a fancy one. It made one. sense. <laughs> uh, but, like, there's only a handful of other teams who are playing NL West teams, and the rest of them, like, the Dodgers from here on out only play, except for the Cardinals, pretty much only play NL West. Um, it seems like it's very concentrated. Like, we're going to see the Diamondbacks eight times uh, in the next two yeah. weeks, which is, Six like, straight. Against the it's, Rockies to close the season. Yeah, eight times against yeah, and six straight against the Rockies, and like the Diamondback series is like four, five games in four days because one of them a double header. So like, are the other other divisions like that? Like that seems insane. As but also, I don't know, and I don't know because I'm no, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's again the only division I paid attention to. I guess maybe they thought it was going to be a closer race, like it well, was last every year or something. I guess it just it feels like. I don't know. It feels, I think it's just that we're playing the Diamondbacks and the Rockies so much. And those games just, as long as everyone stays healthy, do not matter. And I hate saying that because it does matter to someone. It does matter. Especially if they bring up Winton Bernard again. Please bring back Winton Bernard, Rockies. I miss him. But I I know the Braves and Mets have like, the second to last series against each other. Yeah. That's going to be insane. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, this past one was fraught uh, in a good way. It was very exciting, but uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, the, yeah, it'll be interesting. All the A series from here on out, except for one, uh, are AL West opponents. Okay. So they, so they are, they are trying to, to, to keep, well, that makes sense. They want to make the games matter. They are. They're insulated. How about that? Insulated. There we go. There we go. Well, it's funny because like the Rockies are actually playing the White Sox uh, today. It's it's kind of the same deal with like maybe not as not as important as the Padres Brewers because Padres Brewers are starting that two two game series, but they're playing the White Sox. Uh, the Rockies are playing the White Sox in Chicago, and then they go up and play the Cubs. And the White Sox game is the the series is the one that I think will matter most in standings. The Rockies can get hot at weird times, um, especially Rocked in Cooper's, over, but like, yeah. <laughs> rocks over. Um, you know, so, but, but then, then they just play, they, they play Los Angeles and San Francisco. They have 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games against San Francisco, and then six yep. games against, or uh, yeah, six games against the Dodgers. And so I, that just, I know some of that's making up for the the season start, mm-hmm. hullabaloo, yeah. but it also just seems crazy. I will it say this: the Giants had a bum schedule this year, this week. They had a bum you... team. They well, have yeah, a bad but, team. They're not like, good. They they went to hold on if I'm let me make sure I'm getting this right. So first of all, they're in like a stretch of several several games in a row. They 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 traveled to Los Angeles. They Correct. did win one, but then they lost. They had a the the very next day they had two games in Milwaukee, and then the That's very right. next day they traveled to Chicago, and then they're traveling to Atlanta. I'm sorry, then they're yeah. going home to play Atlanta. Sorry, they're going home to play Atlanta. I would be if I was in playoff contention. I would be mad at that schedule. Really, really mad. I hope they have good like neck pillows and stuff. Yeah, they probably do. Like a lot of those team guys are old, so they probably know. <laughs> but I don't. I just again. I know that some of that's making up for early season weirdness. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. It just the scheduling was really stupid in September this year. I feel. Yeah, it's a one-off, so like that's the reason I can live with it. I'm like, we're not gonna have to deal with this again. Hope, hopefully, but well, once it stopped being that sweet old couple who did it, it's really just gone downhill. It's true. You know, maybe the Giants are worse this year because they have to travel more. <laughs> oh no, it's because they don't have talent. That's why they're bad. It's because, that's, that's again, literally every coach sacrifice worked last year. So It's a tough <laughs> issue. I can guarantee you that. But um, as someone who watches a lot of Giants baseball, it's not the travel problem. I mean, it's probably doesn't not the best companion to all the rest of it. They're just not very talented this year. And that's okay. That's okay. Anyway. You're testing out every bench player ever. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. fact that I when I got the lineup notification today and I saw Willie Calhoun DH, I didn't even check the transaction log yet, so I don't know why he's up or who went down. I was like, okay, all right, it's that's how I know. It's like, all right, we're in a point where not that you know we had Austin Dean starting in left field yesterday, but who exactly? Lewis <laughs> Brinson not- hit leadoff last week. Hey, Lewis Brinson still hitting Brinson, leadoff every Brinson's day for us. Doing, Brinson has been doing good. Uh, After the first three days, he's been very bad. Yeah, oh, then never mind. He's hitting like 187. I just remember like doing a little bit of a write-up for him. I was like, he's been doing good, and then I forgot about him promptly. He was doing good for quite literally like four days. Oh. And it was also, I think it was Wait, against he... the Dodgers, so. Hey, Diego. Who the hell is Luis Gonzalez, and why does he have the six hey, hey, hey. late appearances on the Luis game? Gonzalez is good, okay? Luis Gonzalez, one of the only Mexican players in Major League Baseball. OPS. I will defend Luis Gonzalez to the nail. All right. He went down to the minor leagues for a little bit because he had to fix his swing. But he's one of our better players all year. He's also really Dang. good defensively. He's got a cannon for an arm. Dang, Thario Estrada has 101 OPS plus. That's crazy. What, what did you just call it? Thario Estrada? Tyro? Thario. Tyro. Oh. <laughs> it's Tyro. Listen, when it's spelled like Mario. <laughs> that's, you know, that's actually, that's fair. 
Now, Tyra Stroud has been very good. The Giants don't have a lot of bright spots, but they did sign William – or not William, what – Wilmer Flores to a tier extension today. It's been okay for them. Do they have Before, anyone on the roster past, like, 2026 at all? No. Like, anybody? <laughs> uh, not besides, like, Logan Webb or, like, anyone on a rookie deal. Signed for? Anyone that's not on a rookie deal I don't think is uh, on the roster past – projected past 2025. Oh wow! So, this is uh, Longoria's last year, except except for a uh, team. He option. has a team option next year. They'll probably pick it yeah. up. But anyway, I, we don't have to talk about the Giants at all, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's they won last night, but like it's because they went the Cubs. They're gonna probably get spanked around the next couple of days. Hey, but, JD uh, Davis is good. He has been solid for us this year since the trade deadline. I think he's been better than Darren Ruff, but I miss Darren Ruff so. Either way. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the last question. Uh, I'm just going to read the question as it was written. Uh, so, this is, uh, our editor's 4 a.m. thoughts. Once upon a time, rapper DeBaby was one of the rising stars in the business. Now, partially no. after multiple legal troubles and homophobic scandal, the 30-year-old was forced to cancel his New Orleans show after it failed to draw even 500 tickets. Without naming players specifically, can we describe a similar MLB fall-off? Yes. There's been several players who have been problematic and booted from the league. We can yeah. get specific with them if we want. But yes, there has That's been fair. not enough of them. There are too many abusive men and alcoholic people, you know, DUIs that work for Major League Baseball. But yes, there have been players that have had a rightfully kicked out and not enough not enough have been i don't need to describe anybody i could just you know who i'm talking about oh yeah yeah we all we all know we all know the major one that we're talking about here and there was a there was a someone who was rep also represented by his agent for a while there who also had issues and fell off and you know there's there's uh unnamed astros uh and now uh on other teams players and and uh, some closers, and there's 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 several men who should have had that happen to them, but there's some executives, many executives, a lot of them are in Anaheim, yeah, uh -huh. and <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> as like most of them actually up in Anaheim, uh, a lot, yeah, and uh, one of them got fired, but not enough, you know, um, one is not enough. No, uh, I think the coach is is facing jail time. So like, yeah, there 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 absolutely are. If without naming names, you all know exactly who we're talking about so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he should not be named because frankly he doesn't deserve it doesn't deserve the the, the air recognition of any sort but yeah that's still there aren't enough players there's the guys playing you know should not be playing in major league baseball hold on he didn't mean the legal stuff that's no, fine <laughs> It's worse. Well, it's, it's, not because of legal stuff. Oh, okay. Well, then, I mean, Matt. Let's talk good. about Alan Craig. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he wants to talk about guys who are just bad now. All right, we, we're, we're really already good just at the top about of their the Giants. Game. Okay, we already did talk about the Giants. We did. We talked about how the Padres DFA'd Matt Beatty. <laughs> Was Matt Beatty ever really that good? Yes, like, he, he, he was very. No. He was part of rookie walk-up. Uh, Brett, he was like fine for a while. That's all I really remember of him. Like 
He got he well. They called him the hitman. We called him the cheat code for a little while. Like uh, you had a lot of clutch at bat, but I would never say he was good. Wait, you I, called I mean, him he was clutch. Code? That's that was his true. nickname. We called, the well, Chico? the hitman was his was well his wife who was precious and deserves to be still major league herself. Uh, had a really great uh, tweet that was talking about how uh, is my husband a cheat code? Because he would he would get clutch at bats and do and come through very well. Part of that. Me. Part of that was rookie walk-off weekend where, where you know, literally walked it off every single, every all three games against the Rockies, uh, and it was all rookies, and it had never been done before, and he was a part of that. He was never great. You're, you're right, Joseph, but he had... He had moments. The, he had moments, and he had clutch moments, which, you know, that's, an intangible, that's arguably an intangible that's worth something, right? He's got um, that dog in him, you know? But you know he he got traded to the Padres. Uh, had he, he did he battle injury DFA'd and then picked up. Uh, was it a trade? Maybe it was a no. DFA. Yeah, it was a DFA. Yeah. I, it, well, he's DFA'd now, so um, he's DFA from the Padres now, and um, it, which is a shame. I think he's I think he's a I think he's a good guy, um, but I don't know that he's a major leaguer. I think somebody will pick him up. Um, I think uh, I think. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I hope so. I hope he deserves to go to a fun team. I don't know how fun the A's are right now. The Mariners. <laughs> so uh, l- let me tell y'all about this uh, feller named Bobby Crosby, guy I'm very uh, very fond of. 2004 rookie of the rookie of the year. He ate like 30 bombs as a very good defensive shortstop. Uh, then completely fell off. Never had another season approach, and but he did in 2004. Uh, had a bunch of injuries. Much more modern uh, example would be Paul DeJong. I, I would say like Giovanni Soto beat um, Joey Votto in the Rookie of the Year, and then I never heard anything from him again. Oh, wait, who won the twenty? What was the? It was like the twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen Rookie of the Year. There was some really weird winner. Hold on, I'm gonna say Bellinger in twenty seventeen, Bellinger and Judge, Seager in twenty sixteen. Who won in the American League? I mean, yeah. Who- you could kind of argue that Bellinger's fallen off, but most of that was Bellinger has fallen off a cliff. What do you mean? Argue? He has fallen off. Michael Fulmer. Oh, Michael Fulmer. What do you mean? Like, no. What, weren't they going to get like Alex Bregman for him in 2017? Like Bregman was on the table. Yeah. Uh, no, know. he he beat out Gary Sanchez, Tyler Naquin, Chris Davinsky, Justice. Star studded real Bowden right there. Give it to Chris Davinsky. I'll say this now. I've said is this. He even in the in, is he even, even in the major leagues right now? Is he not on the Astros? I, I remember him pitching for the Astros, but I don't know if he's in the majors with them right now. I, I think uh, Matt Duffy should have won the uh, rookie of the year over Chris Bryant. I'm still in that camp. Also, Matt Duffy now plays for the Angels, so that should tell you all the things you need to know. Okay, what about Yasiel Puig over Jose Fernandez? Because that was a big one too. God. Mm. Yasiel Puig being a cover athlete for LB the show is still the like most one-off like talent-wise that we've had in a long time. He was good for a year or two. He was like solid for a couple years and then gone. But I used mm-hmm. to be a Puig fan, and then I read an article in the LA Times after the 2017 World Series, and they're like, Yeah, everyone was pissed off at Puig because like on the broadcast, there was a play in game two where he dove, like, it was off his glove, and it was like, great effort, Puig. And they're like, no, if the idiot read his defensive chart like he was supposed to, 
he catches that ball without having to die for it. Mm -hmm. So I think your mic's up. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying not to cough on you guys. Pleak is an interesting case because there has been legal trouble, right? Very credible yeah. legal trouble. And that's why that's probably one of the reasons why he's not in Major League Baseball. Um, I This is absolutely not excusing things, but he has had an insane yeah. journey. And I think, I think again, not to excuse any single thing he's done, but th the absolute insanity that he came through to get to here, literally involving cartel people. Like, mm -hmm. it's insane. Mm -hmm. That's more of an indictment on Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, he, still made the, he still made the choices he made. Do not don't don't think that's excusing it um but the 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 absolute insanity that happened around him and you know he did not get the support that he needed uh mm -hmm. mentally um and that yeah. is that is where things turn again he still made these decisions don't get me wrong i do have a small amount of sympathy for the for the way things happened not for his decisions none for his decisions mm -hmm. um I don't know that Major League Baseball could have prevented that, but they certainly could have prevented a lot of this, the situation that 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 things that happened to him. Again, not excusing his his behavior. I think the worst thing to ever happen to Yasiel Puig was that torrid start yes, he yeah. had when he got called up, because a lot of the thing was I remember the fan base saying like, "Why isn't Puig on the roster after that incredible spring training he had?" And they're like, "No, we need to coach him. He needs to be more humble." You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. a lot of things he has to work on. But by necessity, he had to come up, and he lit the world on fire. And you just can't send someone like that down. We were kind of forced at that point to play Puig after everything. And I think if we don't have those injuries, Puig's still probably in the majors because he's a much more humble person and doesn't have that insane ego. Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, he still made the decisions – that he made, but it, yeah. If, if things go differently, things go differently, right? Yeah. Yeah. How about 20. a bit more of a fun one? How about Jeremy Hellickson at a 4.5 war in 2011, then never again. <laughs> <laughs> that never, my favorite personally was uh, Brandon Finnegan for the uh, 2015 Kansas City Royals. Um, he was drafted and then brought up for the postseason because they needed a lefty reliever and then fell off. I think a cliff is an understatement. Like he was so bad from that point on. Like he, I think he was in the Reds minor league system for a while. I think he's out of baseball as a whole now. Um, but like he came up as a literally drafted that year and then was pitching in the world series. Um, so it was either 2014 or 2015. 2014, um, because I remember like watching that World Series, and they're like, Brandon Finnegan's the only person to pitch in both the College like, World college Series world and the Major League Baseball World Series. Series in the same year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can we just talk about playoff Bumgarner, please? Because I'm sick of hearing about this every time he comes onto the mound. I'd rather hear about Bumgarner, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Let's <laughs> talk about some Mason Saunders. We do love Mason Saunders, the best alias in Major League Baseball. Y'all anyway. remember Billy Burns? No. No. Billy exactly. Burns. Former <laughs> uh, oh, A center fielder back in 2013. He had a 102 OPS so in 2015, 
before that season. And you want to guess his uh, his next highest career OPS plus in a season? Thirty-one. Six. Nope. <laughs> you were close, Diego. Fifty-six. <laughs> Six. Yeah, that's not great. Um, he has like 200 career games. 125 of them came in that 2015 season. You said Billy Burns, and I thought Billy Butler for a second. Oh, we we don't need to talk about him either. <laughs> was it Big Country or that was, was uh, Country that Breakfast? That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Country Breakfast. So much better than Big Country, but no, he nickname. was big. <laughs> True. Can we get a Players Weekend jersey with Country Breakfast on it? Yeah, I, they need to bring back player weekend jerseys so bad. I just want like just the dumbest nicknames that are just not like bad, just like funny. Like country breakfast. I want a Michael's Hot Wheels Harris jersey. And it wouldn't it wouldn't say hot because we're the only ones that call them that by we I mean myself, but can I need a before. Cal Rayleigh uh, big dumper Big jersey. dumper. Oh, I'd be electric. Ross stripping Nick chicken would buy strip. Chicken strip, Dick Mountain. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I remember back in um, whenever they were doing them, um, Alex Dickerson. They wouldn't let him put Dick on the back of his jersey because that's what that's what everyone calls him. And but they let someone else do it, and I was upset about it. Put Richard on was the it, jersey. Was it Rich Hill? Was it Dick? It Bell? was Rich Hill. No, it no. was someone. No, they let someone else just put Dick. Oh, like. I'm and just so like, mad. I'm still I'm still angry about that players' weekend where it was like house painters versus Paul Bears because that was. Yeah. Yankees versus Dodgers in Dodger Stadium, and they wore like pajamas. It looked awful. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still so very bitter about that. The first ones were good, and the black and white ones were uh, awful. I don't really remember the first ones. They were the first ones were like, um, like a light sky blue kind of thing, right? I mean, they were like general. pastel colors. Yeah, they were they were inspired yeah. by um, like Little League World Series kind of thing. Yeah, like. Well, I it think was better than, the, again, house painters versus Paul Bears. It's awful. They should do the, they should do the city edition jerseys, but let the players have their nicknames on the back. That would them. be great. Yeah. I would love to yeah. see. I mean, I'm trying to think of current Giants. Like, that would be good. Like, I think. Late night Lamont? Or... Late night would be great. It would just say late night. Yeah. Like, that would be awesome. I'm trying to think of literally anyone else. I'm like. I don't think there's anyone currently that's like got like a super exciting nickname. I just I mean, think Tyler Austin Rogers Barnes, is like the submarine. Yeah. Austin Barnes would be the captain. Oh, oh, captain oh, oh, Bell. sorry. I went to, they're talking about, sorry, submarine. I went submarine arm slot. I saw a guy, where is, I can't remember his name. Uh, it, was, it was on the Lake Elsinore Storm, which is a Padres um, uh, A affiliate team. His I, arm slot was directly like, like noon to six. Josh Collimenter. No, it was. Uh, hold on, I have so to. Josh Collimenter is an old Diamonds back player. That no, 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 no. Way. He's this guy's like a kid. I haven't yeah. seen. I it's on my Twitter. If you want to see it, it is. It is. It is a six to noon just, arm slot, and it's like six to noon. Like, 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 or sorry, noon to six. So it just, it's like, like six to, that's like it is, softball. Yeah. And no, it is directly over his head. And guy went like five, four innings like that. Like it wasn't, he yeah. wasn't a reliever. Josh they are Paul stretching him out to be a starter. I, 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 know, I know it's not. Yes. What was the name? Jared. Jared Kolar. Yeah. I have to look it up. And 
just watching him like made my rotator cuff ache. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it'll, it, but, but I, I just, I remember watching this kid and I was like, I can't wait to hate him in Petco. Like <laughs> it was, and, 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 and they had trouble with him. It was really oh, good yeah. pitching. It was really good pitching. Yeah. Um, Cause you're not used to the ball coming out from there. I bet but, you his fastballs like, are amazing. Uh, okay. So. Let, let me get my notes. I because I I, 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 <laughs> I need to know. This kid. Sorry. Um, so first of all, I wanna I wanna say that the radar gun at Lone Mart Field is sketchy at best when it works. Um, but this kid was throwing. Uh, again. Very sketchy, very, very sketchy. Uh, 94, 81, 46, 91. So I'm thinking maybe there was some... One of those numbers is not... One of those numbers may be off. All of those numbers might be off. Um, and and several times it was just off. So, so, so again, I remember one time we went and uh, someone like went up to it in the middle of the game and like they switched out two AA batteries. So... Um, <laughs> That's so take, funny. Take those numbers with the greatest. Wait, I thought salt. they were a high A team. <laughs> Very barely. Uh, they should have at least like you know a high A, a low tech. Cord. Uh, high A low tech, but yeah. Um, it, it so I that was really exciting to see. There was it was a pitcher's duel. It, uh, not much happened until unfortunately, uh, one of our pitchers did give up a, a grand slam. But the the he he had beamed one of the players unintentionally, of course, in the head, and it was a nice revenge story for the storm to come back and and get him for four. So you know you, you gotta love a good baseball story. But that kid's arm slot just I I I wonder how long it lasts. As you've mentioned, there's pitchers who's been in the majors like that. If he can stay healthy and keep that arm slot, oh I can't wait. He's gonna be trouble. He's gonna be problem. I'm pretty sure. Uh, injuries is what got Josh Commenter out of the league. So it's such a weird, it's such a weird motion anyway. But he went four, and he went four really well. And I think he gave up one solo home run to Frumke, but um, but otherwise minimal traffic, ground balls, very, uh, very, very, very good pitcher. It was it was interesting to see. So future of the Padres looks bright. Of course, future of the Dodgers looks pretty good too. So future of the Giants is not. But Who's your high team? Them. I don't know if I've seen them. I've seen uh, I've seen the 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 Modesto nuts. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Uh, don't don't say it. Don't say it. No, go ahead. Say it. I can't remember. <laughs> I was like, well, we have the San Jose Giants and the Eugene Emeralds. And <gasps> the what? I knew I could remember Eugene it. Emeralds. Okay, so we're not in the same league, but okay. I, I uh, remembered uh, it was San Jose, but I couldn't remember their name, and now I know why because it's because it's just the Giants. <laughs> Yeah, their logo is also. It's just. I mean, it's very similar to like this logo. It's just SJ instead. Yeah. It also looks really good. Oh, I should have worn my Dodgers. Uh, pride. Do you have the pride. Yeah. It took me a year to get this cap. Like, <laughs> really? I had to get buy it in the ballpark because I couldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah, ours sold out pretty quick. So luckily, so, I so did ours. Luckily, yeah. I had a friend going to the game. So. Yeah, I, when I went. The last Giants game I went to, I'm like, I made my family get there an hour before we normally would get there. And I'm Just like, I'm sure buying, yeah. Well, I also I bought this jersey that same day um, because I had to get it. It's a Brandon Belt jersey, and I had to get it customized because, of course, they don't sell Brandon Belt jerseys. Um, and I couldn't find anyone any anywhere um, that I liked enough because I wanted the orange with the belt on the back. So I'm like, I need to get this. 
And I need to find one of the pride hats because I can't find them anywhere else. Yeah. It's one I of the keep, more exclusive hats in my collection. It's so good. I, I keep threatening to get a Justin Turner jersey. And I think this weekend he might have won me over to to get a, a Justin Turner with his uh, uh with his uh, dress up day post. Well, I was going for the grand slam that he hit off a pitcher who called him not a threat, but you know, there's <laughs> also that. You know, he, he he's a coward for wearing a fake torso when. So uh... okay, this needs to be explained. This needs to be explained. So that chest is a thing on TikTok, and he's actually his wife and him are active on TikTok. So it was just supposed to be him and Cody Bellinger wearing the fake chest, like that was supposed to be the joke, right? But then, um, what is it, uh, Andre got called up, and so he didn't have a costume. And Joey's got lost, so he didn't have a costume. And Justin had extras, and he was just like, well, damn it. Like, <laughs> you know? You're putting us to shame. <laughs> but but they, that was the joke, was that it was a fake chest, and it was a funny thing. And then he's like, well, whatever, we're just going to roll with it. And he Speaking was like, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, no, yes, saw- yeah. I saw this interview Justin Turner gave today, and he was talking about the whole thing. I think Tommy knows where I'm going with this. I know exactly where up, you're going with this. And he was bringing up the costume idea to Bellinger, right? And Bellinger's right. like, cool, chip and nails. And then they're in the cage, and <laughs> Turner overhears Bellinger. He's like, I don't know why the, like the, the mice are wearing like collars and stuff. He thought they were talking about the fucking chipmunks. <laughs> No, not only baseball. That's so good. Oh my god! And he called them mice. I think protect Joey. Get Joey for just that. Protect Cody Bellinger at all costs. See, this is why he's on the roster. We need that kind of himbo power. Anyway, I think that's a good stopping point as any. Um, it's not going to get better than that. I'm going to be honest with you. It's also been a little bit of a longer episode. Okay. Oh, uh, I am sweating. I'm laughing so hard. Oh, my head. <laughs> anyway, um, if you don't know where to find us, um, how'd you get here? But if you do know where to find us, or if you, you know, want a little reminder, you want to continue to find us online, you can find us at our website at Diamond dash digest.com on twitter at diamond underscore digest on instagram at diamond dot digest yes we are very consistent with our online presence uh you can also find us on linkedin which is something we've been advertising for some reason uh like linkedin if you want to connect with us on linkedin sure yeah uh, i haven't logged into linkedin in like six years neither have i <laughs> but anyway but it's good to know you're there yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in Baseball. It was a good one. It went a little long, but I think we ended on that, that, a fantastic oh, note. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, we'll be back uh, with more Sunday Night Watch Parties articles every week. Uh, these, ideally, at least every couple of weeks, because we've been a little bit, and by we, I mean me, I've been lagging a little bit um, in remembering to do these. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it. As always. Go baseball. We'll see you guys later. Baseball. Baseball.